That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By. Denver Sports is your home for the most Nuggets content. Now here's your host, Zach By. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, And as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast. Reacting to nothing. Been eight days off, looking at nine days off. But at the time of recording, it is 2.19 in the afternoon on a Wednesday. And we are about 28 and a half hours away from the NBA Finals tipping off in Denver, Colorado. The most anticipated single basketball game in the history of Colorado basketball is upon us. It is so exciting. I am on the edge of my seat. I got my credential. I'm going to be in the building for game one. Cannot wait to turn around and relay what it was like uh, at Ball Arena on Thursday evening on Friday morning's podcast. Um, this is going to be our last primer um, heading into this series, and then we'll be reacting to the games. Um, something that we did uh, a couple of weeks ago on this podcast that we're going to do again here today, and I'm super, like, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for, for how the last two weeks have gone, but just really proud um, of the work we've done uh, at the station on Stokely and Zach and on the Mile High Hoops podcast that it would open up opportunities to go on national radio and I, I shared this with you um, a couple weeks ago when I was asked to come on um, Fitz and Harry uh, uh, Jason Fitz and uh, former uh, wide receiver Harry Douglas there uh, who do the midday show uh, for ESPN radio nationally so that I grew up listening to that stuff um, now of course the lineup's all different these days but um, to, to what I grew up with when it was Mike and Mike and Colin Coward and SVP and Rosillo uh, but still, there's it's it's just a really cool uh, thing, and I had never gone on national radio um, up until about two weeks ago. And then um, something I didn't share uh, is that after I did that, they asked me to come right back on. That that happened on a Thursday. They asked me to come back on uh, on a Saturday, um, and then they asked me to come back on uh, this past weekend. Uh, and then they asked me to come back on on um, Wednesday morning. I was back on ESPN Radio. So after never never doing a national radio hit to do four of them in a two-week period, and I actually have another one lined up later um, with uh, Canty and Carlin uh, the, uh, uh, on, on ESPN Radio as well, um, was on uh, Bet uh, MGM uh, tonight, uh, BetQL's uh, national uh, network uh, on Tuesday night. So all told, by the time the clock strikes midnight tonight, after never appearing ever on national radio uh, I'll have done uh, six hits and you know this is this is this is my life like this is my NFL okay so like being asked to make a play in prime time it just feels pretty cool um so I'm saying all that to tell you that after this episode is done we're going to do what we did 2 weeks ago and we're going to uh, attach that conversation to the end of this podcast so once we say goodbye It'll just transition right into that that conversation um, with with Fitz and Harry uh, earlier on on Wednesday uh, morning. So um, some folks got a kick out of that, and then it's just like well, you know, what is my local Nuggets guy saying when he's on 
national radio? Uh, how how is Denver um, being represented from a Nuggets standpoint uh, on the national stage? So I hope you get a kick out of that. Um, this has truly been kind of like a, a dream come true for me. Um, so there's no two ways to slice that for me. So um, thank you for being here with me. Um, we gave a like a 15, 16 minute um, primer episode on Monday morning once we uh, found out who the Nuggets opponent was going to be in the finals. Um, I just pumped out some thoughts that were at the top of mind. Um, no like incredible, you know, deep dives, but there, there was some good nuggets that I think that you'll enjoy. If you missed that episode, it's, um, you know, right on, right on this feed, obviously, um, wherever you get your podcast. Um, but I did want to come back on here just one more time before the series started and just, uh, really there's one overarching thing that I wanted to, uh, touch on. Is, and that's um, where I think the status of Jokic is about to go here over the next two weeks. And I, I did I did some research for this, and, and, and I, I hope you get a kick out of it. It's basketball junkie stuff, so I'm just going to just kind of go um, and, and, and get this thought out. I think that Jokic over the next two weeks – is going to solidify himself as one of the 20 greatest players uh, in, in, in NBA history. And I do not um, throw that statement around. I am acutely aware of what the history of this league looks like. Um, the league just this past year, I think it was last year, um, uh, like the start of 2022, the NBA turned uh, 75 years old. And a part of its 75th anniversary celebration, they released a list of uh, the 75 greatest players in NBA history. Now, they did this after 50 uh, seasons, and this was like in the late 90s. And it's this really cool moment. A lot of you have seen it when all the guys have jackets and um, they're just bringing legends out. And, you know, the way that, you know, life works, a lot of those same guys that were part of that you know, 50 greatest players of all time celebrating 50 NBA years. They're no longer with us. Um, and um, Jokic was not on the list. And I don't think he deserved to be on the list um, when that list came out. Um, when they do the top 100, that'll be in 24 years from now, um, Jokic <laughs> will be definitively on the list. It, 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 now, they don't rank them, okay? They do not rank the players. They stay away from that. They just acknowledge them in wholesale. And other people have then taken the players and ranked them. Um, but there's names uh, on the list that, um, that Jokic in the next three weeks will just simply pass. He'll just pass them. Um, the, uh, like, Carmelo Anthony, like, he's already surpassed that. Uh, Nate Archibald. Um, you know, uh, 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 Dave Cowens, um, Clyde Drexler, like a, these are great all time players, but Jokic in this past year has zoomed by a lot of the, you know, Billy Cunningham's in NBA history. And I'm not saying these names, I, I hope I'm not coming off the wrong way. Like these are legends of the game and I'm just using them as posts, uh, that, that Jokic has driven by here. Um, and what, what got me thinking uh, after one of the radio shows last week, and maybe you even heard me do this segment, uh, so maybe I'm being redundant if you listen to the radio show um, 
uh, and you're like a loyal listener, you've heard me do this segment before, but I wanted to do it here on the podcast because the next two weeks, the next two and a half weeks, it's going to change everything with Jokic, you guys. It's going to change everything. He, the, the list for back-to-back MVPs is already really short, okay? But the list of players in NBA history who have multiple regular season MVPs plus an NBA Finals MVP to go with an NBA championship, it's not a long list at all. Now, it's not a list of two or three names. It's more than five, but it's less than 12, okay? The list of guys who have multiple MVPs like Jokic and have a title and a finals MVP to go with it. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is on the list. I'm just going to go through the guys, okay? And, 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 and my premise is, like my goal at the beginning of this is, you know, can Jokic get to uh, a top 20 player of all time? He's probably already top 50 of all time, um, considering now he's punched his ticket to a finals where he's got multiple MVPs plus a finals appearance. So you think of someone like Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley is one of the great players of all time. He's got one MVP and one finals appearance. Um, Jokic already two MVPs, one finals appearance. But let's fast forward. The Nuggets are such a favorite, such a favorite um, at more than four to one now, second largest NBA Finals favorite in the last sixteen years, and Jokic is minus three fifty to win Finals MVP. Guys, that is the the biggest um, favorite to win Finals MVP in the last twenty years. So you think about like the LeBron James and the Kobe's and the 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 D Wade's and the Shaqs and the Duncans that have come through like the NBA Finals. We've never seen a favorite to win Finals MVP as much as Jokic is favored uh, this time around. So let's just go through this exercise, okay? Um, players in NBA history with two or more MVPs with a championship and Finals MVP. All apologies to Bill Russell and Bob Pettit. Uh, Bob Pettit, multiple MVPs, um, but finals MVP did not start being named until 1969. So, like, if you're Bill Russell or you're Bob Pettit, you're just because of the the early nature of their career and the infancy of basketball, like, they they just didn't qualify for this list. Um, By the way, um, the first ever finals MVP, a a bit of trivia, uh, the first finals MVP ever in 1969 was Jerry West. And he was named MVP for the losing team. He's the only ever MVP that came from the losing team. Um, and I think through like conversations developing after that, it's like, yeah, it should, should, should probably go to the winner. But that's certainly a one-off trivia question. Um, okay, let's get to the list. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, arguably the greatest player of all time. And by the way, examine as this hits your ears, examine as I go guy for guy, which one of these players that I bring up is not one of the 20 greatest players in NBA history. Okay. That's that. That's the premise here. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar arguably is the greatest player in NBA history. You could, you could legitimately make that argument. We, we do realize that, that Kareem has the most MVPs ever, right? Like we, we we're on the same page with that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, not, not Jordan, not LeBron, um, not Wilt, it's Kareem, won six MVPs. Remarkable. Um, and he's a two-time finals MVP. So, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, a legend's legend, uh, one of the 20 greatest players of all time, I mean, goes without saying. Um, you go to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, uh, 
at least two MVPs and a finals MVP. Jordan, again, arguably the greatest player of all time. He's got five MVPs and six finals MVPs. It's just, we may never, ever, ever see that again. Um, and my guess is we won't, unless like Victor Wembanyama just like turns into like, you know, a, a, a different type of creature or something. Um, I guess we'll hold out just like, because forever is a long time. So to say that it'll never be beaten, but y- you could never forecast anyone getting six finals MVPs again. So Jordan is on this list. So, so far we got Kareem and Jordan. Uh, the third person on this list is Wilt Chamberlain, um, who just speaking for myself, um, I think is one of the most overrated players in, uh, in, in NBA history. Wilt Chamberlain. Um, this is a guy who was a, absolute superhero freak in an NBA era when it had like nine teams in it. And you would think if you were like a seven foot gazelle, um, like Wilt was when the league had that type of landscape, the fact that he just didn't win more, like he just didn't win more. Like he's, he had, he he won two titles And, 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 and in those two titles, only one time finals MVP. So I just don't think you can be, cause some people still say Wilt Chamberlain's the greatest player of all time. I just, just disagree full stop you can't be in that era with the, with those gifts those natural gifts um and have one finals mvp like no you, you, and 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 people and i've referenced this over the past um years like we we don't talk about like when pace of play the, the 1960s don't come up the 1960s were the fastest era of NBA basketball in terms of pace. Teams were averaging 118 points a game, 117 points a game without a three-point line. So think about what that had to have looked like with guys just racing up and down the floor not playing defense. And within that fastest era of NBA basketball, the fastest year within the fastest era is the year that Wilt scored 100 points in a game. Uh, and he did it against the worst team in the league. I think it was the New York Knicks. I think they were like the worst or second worst team in the league, and they're blowing them out, and Wilt just gets to keep running around with no defense and score 100 points. And then we slap this, like, singular game on Wilt, why he was, like, the greatest, along with, like, he, like, averaged, like, a, you know, 50 rebound or a 50-point triple, all this stuff. Like, I don't know. I just – the game was not as developed at that time, and the fact that he was who he was and didn't win more, um, I, I just I, – I'm not – I'm not going to say he's, you know, have him in the greatest player of all time conversation, let alone be the uh, greatest player of all time, which some people still claim. I just can't go there. Um, but that being said, of course, Will Chamberlain's one of the 20 greatest players in NBA history. Um, the fourth person on this list, in addition to Kareem, Jordan, and Will, is Moses Malone, who, in, in my opinion, is maybe the most underrated player in NBA history, uh, who not only just won an MVP, not only just won two MVPs, won three MVPs. That is rarefied air and also has the finals MVP, which is why he's on this list. This is a guy who is the only player uh, in the history of the NBA to win an MVP in one location, change teams, and win the MVP the very next year. I mean, a thing about that, he, he wins an MVP in Houston. Uh, he becomes, um, he was like a restricted free agent or something, and then signs with Philly and wins the MVP in Philly, uh, in addition to a, a third MB, a, a, a MVP. Um, so Moses Malone, and you're talking about, about a guy who like led the league in rebounding, not once or twice, not three times, not four times, not five times. Moses Malone led the NBA in rebounding six different seasons. Um, what I think hurts his legacy is he played for so many teams. He played for seven different NBA teams and played for three ABA teams before he even came to the NBA. So his, his history is scattered abroad. 
um, not abroad, but just everywhere. I mean, 10 different teams in his professional career, especially at that time when the game of basketball wasn't as transient as it is right now. That is unusual, and I think it hurts his legacy because he's not like he's not um, known as just like a goat in one one specific place uh, because of that movement. Probably a little ahead of his time in, in that regard. Um, but Moses Malone is on this list. Three MVPs, one Finals MVP. So he's our he's our fourth person on this list. Uh, Larry Bird uh, is the fifth person on this list. Uh, three MVPs, two Finals MVPs. Um, and if you're saying, wait, didn't Larry? win three championships he certainly did but Cedric Maxwell was the uh, finals MVP back in back in 1981 so Larry's got three MVPs two finals MVPs one of the great players of all time of course all these guys in my opinion that we've named so far are among the 20 greatest players of all time Kareem Jordan Wilt Moses and Larry then you get to Magic Johnson it goes without saying one of the greatest players of all time three MVPs three finals MVPs um, like your favorite player's favorite player um, it goes without saying. Tim Duncan is another uh, member on this list. Uh, two MVPs, three finals MVPs, one of the 10 or 11 greatest players to ever play the game. LeBron James is, of course, on this list. He's got four MVPs uh, and four finals MVPs. LeBron is one of the five greatest players of all time uh, on any objective list. Uh, you get to uh, Steph Curry. Steph Curry is uh, arguably... Um, you know, moved into certainly the top 15 players of all time, greatest shooter in the game of basketball and, and, and its rich history. He's got multiple MVPs, two, two regular season MVPs um, and, and a finals MVP. Uh, just, just the one because um, of Durant picking up a couple and Iguodala and probably winning that, uh, that, that MVP in their first uh, NBA championship. Um, so Steph, you know, certainly one of the 20 greatest players of all time. Um, and then, then finally, uh, in addition to joining Kareem, Jordan, Wilt, Moses, Larry, Magic, Duncan, LeBron, Steph, it's Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, who has two uh, regular season MVPs and one finals MVP. Um, we watched Giannis, um, you know, win MVP in, in the same year that he was a winning defensive player uh, of the year. Um, Hakeem. Uh, Jordan and Giannis. That's the list of players who have ever done that. So for me, Giannis is definitely on the list of 20 greatest players of all time, probably somewhere, you know, 15 through 20 uh, at this point. And his still uh, story is still very much uh, being written. So that's the list, guys. That's the list that uh, uh, Nikola Jokic can join here over uh, the next month as uh, the Denver Nuggets are on a quest to to go win their first ever NBA championship. The list is, it's it's not... Super, super short, but it's not long either. You're talking about 10 players in the history of NBA basketball have done what Jokic has an opportunity to do here uh, in the next few weeks. It is the most rarefied air. He would be the 11th player to ever have two regular season MVPs, a title and a finals MVP. Um, and, and again, to go back to like some of the greatest players that have ever played this game are not on this list. Like Carl Malone. Uh, who was the second leading scorer up to like six months ago in NBA history. He's not on the list. Guys like Steve Nash are not on the list. Barkley, not on the list. But those are separate. There's other guys at the NBA's big boy table, okay, that are also not on this list. You know whose name I didn't say? Who has multiple MVPs as well as a championship and a finals MVP? I didn't say Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is arguably the most dominant player in the history of NBA basketball. He's not on the list. 
Kobe because he doesn't have multiple regular season MVPs. Kobe Bryant, who is somewhere between like the eighth and and eleventh best player in the history of the sport, um, is not on this list. So like we have to have a a real understanding of what Jokic is uh, about to do if what I think is going to happen. Uh, comes uh, into focus here over the next um, uh, month. And, and, and guys that were on that top 75 team of all time, the Anthony Davises, the you know, Patrick Ewings, the Walt Frazier's, the you know, uh, George Gervins, the Hal Greer's, the Elvin Hayes's, the Allen Iversons, the you know, Sam Jones and Jason Kidds, and those were all great players. In the next month, Jokic will pass all those guys. And I think that is, a, a, that is not an emotional statement. I think this is just like what we, what we value the most. And then you mix in like, oh, yeah, where's Jokic on the all-time triple-double list? Like, oh, 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 he did. Like, he's 28 and he's, you know, uh, what is he, fifth all-time uh, on that list? Like, you're going to start adding up stuff like that. And it's like, it, it's, it's, it's going to be... It's going to be a foregone conclusion. We're we're not going to be arguing about it, um, and that's 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 just where we're at with uh, with with Jokic and and his greatness, um, which will be on full display here. Uh, I said fifth all time. He's sixth all time. Just two behind Jason Kidd and LeBron James um, on the all time triple double list. So, and then we're going to say, yeah, oh, he averaged a triple double over the course of a title run uh, in the NBA playoffs, like stuff like that. We've never been able to say those statements. So for all those reasons, you know, I finished this conversation that um, Jokic has an opportunity to truly cement himself as one of the goats. And and I can't wait to see it unfold. I cannot wait. Okay, um, we're going to leave it there for now, guys. Thanks for being here. Uh, You're about to hear me on national radio talking with um, uh, Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas uh, on uh, Fitz and Harry. I hope you guys enjoy this uh, following conversation. Hopefully you enjoyed uh, or got something out of the the, the previous conversation. And uh, next thing you know, we're going to be back here on Friday morning uh, reacting to Game 1 of the NBA Finals. Wow. And guys, you already know, whatever happens in Game 1 of the Finals, hmm, we're going to be talking about it right here on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, and we're joined now by Zach By, co-host of Stokely and Zach on 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Zach, appreciate it, man. Uh, you know, I feel like you're blown up. We're hearing you all over ESPN. So happy, and I'm so happy that the Nuggets are getting this love. But one of the narratives that's taking over right now is long rest for the Nuggets could mean rust. What's your level of concern that they've had too much time off? First of all, Fitz and Harry, thanks for having me back on. No matter how many times I come on ESPN Radio, I'm never going to forget you guys were the first show Woo! that uh, uh, extended that olive branch. So, so very much appreciated. Uh, I'm not really worried about the rest versus rust conversation. That's an age-old conversation. I get why we're while uh, why we are having it. Uh, rather, it's the second longest layoff heading into a finals in NBA history. But if you look at two different instances during the regular season, and that's really all we have to draw from of layoffs. You look at the uh, the All-Star break. Uh, they had those days off. They came back. Their first game at the time, Cleveland was one of the best teams in the NBA. They went on the road, beat Cleveland in Cleveland, beat Memphis uh, in a, in a primetime game on ESPN where the number one seed was still sort of hanging in the balance. In their first six games coming out of the All-Star break, they went 5-1. and one. The second example I would cite to your question, the rest versus rust conversation, 
would be looking at the last month of the season. The Denver Nuggets had a seven-game lead for the one seed in the month of March. That is very, very unusual. So their approach to the last month of the season was to rest guys and and shut down Jokic. And it may have cost Jokic the MVP, um, but they really took their foot off the gas. They took guys out of the lineup. And what was their uh, result in game one after having waited for the play-in games to finish up? The game one uh, against the Minnesota Timberwolves, they came out and absolutely smashed them in a gentleman's sweep. Uh, they, they, or they smashed them in game one, and it led to a gentleman's sweep. Then they had a second layoff heading into the Lakers series, and they smashed the Lakers in game number one. So while this is a little bit unusual, where you're talking about nine days in between games, uh, this is a team that is hyper-focused, that is very, very mature with the scars uh, from years past uh, on this climb to the point where they are now. So I think by the uh, midway through the first quarter, this question, this fair question that you're asking me will be put to rest. Okay, Zach, it's easily to understand that the Denver Nuggets are heavy favorites over the Miami Heat right now as things are constructed. But head coach Mike Malone has already downplayed that narrative, saying that this will be one of the hardest things that they've ever had to do. Do you think the players are wired you know, similar or in the same way as their head coach in, the, in that regard? Yeah, you know what? That's a good question, Harry. I think that they go the way of Jokic, and Jokic is so um, muted when it comes to any type of success. I mean, this is the guy who just said after they won uh, the Western Conference uh, Finals last week that he really didn't get that emotional. He thought it would feel more important, and it didn't because they haven't really uh, reached their goal yet. So uh, I think they're taking the heat very, very, very seriously, following Jokic and Michael Malone's lead. But also, guys, these guys have actively working brains like you and I do. Is this really going to be the toughest test that they've ever faced? With no disrespect to the Miami Heat, I don't really think so. Um, this is a team that, if they went on to win the championship, would have the least amount of regular season wins going back to 1978 uh, uh, in the Washington Bullets. I mean, this is a team that was losing to the Atlanta Hawks in a play-in game and down with – people forget this, guys – down with five minutes left in the fourth quarter to Chicago in the play-in. And, and, and then what happened from there is they play really good basketball, give them their flowers. But let's not act like they didn't catch a bunch of green lights on their way to this point. Giannis Antetokounmpo goes down in that first-round series. They draw the Knicks in the second round. And, you know, the, the, the Celtics, who are, you know, as disjointed as Bart Scott's hand, uh, they, 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 they roll an ankle in the first minute of Game 7 for the Celtics' best player. I mean, that is catching some green light. So, you know, is this the, the, the tallest task that the Nuggets have faced? I, I actually don't think so. Um, I think that this is, if I'm just being totally, like, authentic with you, and this is coming from a basketball perspective. I'm not a Nuggets super fan, okay? I'm just a fan of the game of basketball. And my, my eyes are telling me, after watching these two teams very closely, it feels like if it was Fitz versus Harry in a race, sometimes you're just punching outside of your weight mm -hmm. class, and that's mm -hmm. what it feels like for Miami right now. And <laughs> a baby, Zach. Zach, I just want to tell you, I, I hit seven minutes, a uh, seven-minute mile in Orange Theory last week. I'm getting faster, okay? Uh, look, look, one step at a time. Zach By joining us, co-host of Stokely and Zach, 104.3, the fan in Denver. All right, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think the Nuggets are going to absolutely just wipe the floor with the Heat, and the Heat stand no chance in this series. <gasps> if, if this series is going to go six, seven games, if this series is going to be tough, 
What is Miami going to do that would make that happen? Well, I think, you know, Caleb Martin is going to need to continue to play out of his mind. Uh, I think I heard Harry say yesterday he thought that, that, that Caleb Martin was the best player in the Eastern Conference Finals and not Bam Adebayo, and I agree. I mean, he went absolutely crazy, and this is a guy who, by the way, I'm a huge fan of, Caleb and his brother Cody out there in Charlotte. I followed those guys since they played for Musselman at Nevada. I'm a big fan, but that guy was playing way, way over his head. This is a guy in Caleb Martin, again, I'm a fan of. He had one foot headed to Europe, guys. This is a guy who was almost out of the NBA and has caught lightning in a bottle. Good for him. He's going to get paid. Uh, his confidence is at an all-time high. Um, but am I expecting him to be that version of himself in the NBA Finals? Am I expecting Gabe Vincent to continue to shoot you know, 45 46% from three? You know, Maybe, but, but all of those things would need to happen. You know, To your question, if this is – if the Miami Heat are going to win multiple games, Jimmy is going to have to be the, the, the dog that he is, but he's going to have to be it every single night. And we saw him slow down a little bit in that last series uh, during big pockets uh, in, in that series. So he's going to have to be the A-plus version of himself every single night. Bam Adebayo is going to have to be uh, 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 just uh, uh, maybe 20 points a game offensively. Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, those guys are going to have to be great. Tyler Hero is going to have to come back and, 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 and not skip a beat. And I just think that's a lot to ask because we haven't even talked yet, guys, about how, are they, how is Miami going to slow down the best player in the world? And it's just, like I said, it's an extremely tall task for the Miami Heat. Yeah, I'll answer that question quickly. They're not going to slow down the best player in the world. At all. And they're also not going to slow down the second best player on the Nuggets. This thing, whew, you know what, Zach? Uh, all I'm asking is that when everything's said and done, just send us some videos from the parade. I think that's where it's headed. Uh, Zach, we appreciate your time. And thanks for hanging out. Be sure to check out Stokely and Zach on 104.3 The Fan in Denver. Zach, bye. Zach, thanks for hanging out with us, brother. We appreciate it. Hey, appreciate, appreciate you guys, Fitz and Harry. Have a great day. Enjoy the finals. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.